0: Good morning. Rise and freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. Today is Thursday, October the 19th, 2023, and we're glad to have you here. Hope you're feeling good today. Good, good. Better than I am. <laughs> Not going to lie. All of this horrible news over the last couple of weeks and watching all this stuff online is really taking a toll on me. It's been well it's been a journey we're going to talk about that this morning but first hornswoggle by hamas the question everything crowd sure did buy into immediately the rashida talib narrative or the palestinian hamas terrorist narrative that the idf the israeli defensive force the military of the government of israel bombed a hospital killing 500 people in gaza well of course after what less than 24 hours turns out that it wasn't true well at least one brave libertarian who was wrong did have the guts and the courage to come out and say that he was wrong about it and he says he'll do better next time and you know what i got to give him a lot of credit for it you know if you were wrong admit it and move on that takes courage that takes guts and that earns my respect. Not so for the Rashida Tlaibs of the world. After stirring up a protest in the U.S. Capitol yesterday, an insurrection, some might actually call. She continued to double down on the lie that Israel bombed a hospital and killed 500 people. When it turned out, of course, that it was a Hamas rocket that misfired and didn't even hit a hospital. It actually just hit a parking lot nearby. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> We're going to talk about that. And we do have some other subjects to talk about as well. I'm not going to lie. I've tried everything I can to try and find stories that are not Israel versus Hamas. But unfortunately, the reality is staring at me every day in the face. And listen, I understand it's totally possible to get stories wrong. I, I have actually tried to slow down my coverage uh, of this these kinds of stories because rather than trying to be first, it's better to be right. It reminds me, I might have said this yesterday of a quote from my old boss, Roger Ailes. He says, it's better to be late and right than first and wrong. And certainly a lot of people have been getting the coverage of this conflict wrong. So I've slowed it down. But I've also slowed it down in part because it takes a very heavy toll on the soul to see all of the conflict. And I can imagine that for Many of you out there you're probably tuning into the Wake Up America show typically because you like the fact that this show is a little bit lighter, a little bit more fun, but the truth is is that I cannot run from this story and I can't refuse to talk about something that is happening that is of such international importance, especially when we have a show that is of course a national show. But I will say that uh, I think that you don't have to sit around and stew about all of the uh, and stew over and watch all of the horrible evils, the atrocities that are being committed. As a matter of fact, yesterday, speaking of a little bit of levity in this one, uh, one of my favorite uh, comedians these days does a podcast called The Boys Cast. Did a really good short little funny sketch about that. Let me share it with you now. And
1: this conflict is terrible, and I've been educating myself on the nuances of the Middle East by watching a constant stream of atrocities on X for about eight hours a day. Jesus. Well, I guess I don't have to. I'm not in politics or a journalist or anything. That is a corpse. This is the worst one I've seen on X. Actually, this is rotten.com. <laughs> Sort of interchangeable at this point. I mean, this is how you get to the bottom of things. Someone on the internet says, "Look at these dead babies," then you say, "Well, why don't you look at these dead babies?" Then they come back at you and say, "Why don't you look at these dead babies?" Mom, I gotta put you on hold. The new corpse just dropped. I'm gonna call you back. That triggers emotions, which are actually connected to your frontal problem-solving cortex. I mean, not a lot of people know that. Oh my god. You know, one of the problems is that people only want to post the dead babies from their side. So you do need to make an effort to follow lots of different people from all over to make sure you're getting all the dead babies. It's hard. I mean, some of the dead babies I was looking at turned out to be fake. So now. I make sure that i'm cross-checking across multiple sources to make sure that i'm authenticating the dead baby otherwise you could run the risk of getting emotional for the wrong reason that is an atrocity other times you'll think you found a corpse and then it turns out it was from another year or a different war altogether one of the corpses I was-
0: <laughs> obviously you get the point there well to add insult to injury the commander-in-chief has announced that tonight the president of the united states will be making a statement to the country in regards to foreign policy and the situation overseas we did get a little bit of a sneak preview though of it yesterday
2: state of israel was born to be a safe place for the jewish people of the world that's why i was born long said if israel didn't exist We have-
0: did you catch that uh the president says the state of israel
2: that's where i was born
0: that's where i was born uh the president of the united states yesterday also took a little bit of time to speak to reporters on Air Force One. He did this for a full eight minutes.
2: Virtually every mass shooting, every circumstance where large number of people had been victimized and lost, I spoke to. I learned a long time ago what you all learned someone's going through something that is beyond their comprehension that they never thought they'd have to go through. If they see someone who they think understands or maybe they are through something not the same but similar, and it gives them some sense of hope. And I always get criticized sometimes on my staff because when I go to these events, I stay for three or four hours to answer all their questions. But it matters. matters a lot and uh and look i'm talking some of you have gone through a hell of a lot more than i've gone through and a lot more than other people have gone through and you understand so it's just
0: god's green earth is going on there this is the guy in charge of the policy in the middle east this is the commander-in-chief of the armed forces of the united states and the guy can barely speak good morning if you're just tuning into the wake up america show i'm your host austin peterson don't forget to click that like button and subscribe to the channel if you enjoy the content that you're viewing and listening to today we'd be glad to have you as a subscriber and come back and join us every monday through friday from 7 a.m to 9 a.m central time obviously we're discussing this morning the conflict between israel and hamas and we will have plenty of time To get into the subject in more detail, specifically I'll be going into detail about the Capitol protests yesterday where multiple protesters calling for a ceasefire were arrested and uh, charged with, what, enough crimes to send them to jail for, what, 17 years? Yes, I know. What am I doing? Making a comparison to January 6th. But, of course, we all know that those rules are only for people on our side, and we'll talk about that and the implications of such here in about 25 minutes. But first, before we do, I'd actually like to switch topics very briefly and talk about something else that is of concern to Americans, and that is the state of the U.S. economy. An article that I read yesterday really got me thinking, titled, The Myth of the Great Boomer Wealth Transfer. And the story started out yesterday, this is from Business Insiders, the story started out by telling the story of a couple who uh, had an 87-year-old mother who was um, uh, geriatric, and they decided that they were going to take over her finances to ensure that her end-of-life care would be managed appropriately. She had something like um, $250,000 that she had expected to pass on to her family, uh, which their family thought, while you know, it would be sad to lose their parent, of course— but that that uh that money might be able to y- be used to pay off their mortgage and to help them with their um to help them with their expenses as they tried to you know to build up their own family and the reality of course was that with end of life care with all of the money that was needed for you know nursing homes you know she, eventually the grandmother had to dip into the principal on the money in order to pay off uh, the cost of her care, and the inheritance eventually dwindled down from $250,000 to $2,000, right? So when she died, she actually left what is really known as the, what is really the most common form of inheritance these days. It's called an accidental bequest, which is really, that's the money that's left over when someone dies versus an intended bequest and what that is, is that is one is, that's dedicated to the heirs and set aside from funds used to support daily living, usually through a, a trust account or a life insurance policy, for, policy, for example. So, uh, you know, as the boomer generation has hit their twilight years, everybody like, has been talking about what's going to happen to their money. It's become a big talking point. If you read the Wall Street Journal regularly, economists estate planners and families across the country because uh, are talking about this because obviously my generation, Generation X to an extent, uh, have really gotten the short end of the stick when it comes to the economy, the ability to, to purchase a home with inflation, wars, uh, and, the, and the conflicts and the domestic problems that we've had in the, that have uh, led to the, really the the wild swings of the American economy during my life, my professional career, my, uh, uh, my generation's professional career years, our best years, work years, have been spent recovering from econ- one economic crisis after another. So, of course, economists take a look at all of the money that's being held by the gym- boomer generation, and they say to themselves, okay, well, what's going to happen is, is that we're going to have this giant wealth transfer, the boomer wealth transfer that will go to, in theory, Generation X and the millennial generation to help people who are our age either get into homes or perhaps pay off their mortgages and get them a, a, a leg up in life. So boomers, they do hold a massive amount of wealth. It's like half, $96.4 trillion, uh, according to the Federal Reserve. The general assumption is that as this older generation dies, that money will trickle down to younger generations and then give these cash-strapped families a leg up. They call, they're calling it the Great Boomer Wealth Transfer, and the idea is, is that, you know, Gen Xers, Millennials, they could receive a, we could all receive a financial windfall that'll help us cap, catch up. But there's an important caveat on this that a lot of people aren't talking about or thinking about. Death can't offset wealth inequality, right? Most of the money that's held by America's older generations is going to get eaten up by long-term care and end-of-life costs. And what's going to be remained is mostly going to end up in the hands of other wealthy people, right? So instead of an, an inheritance boom, the reality is most Americans are not going to receive a vast fortune to help ameliorate their, their grief. Uh, as a matter of fact, this is, this is the situation that we had with my grandmother. She was not, she was not very wealthy anyway. But we weren't we didn't get any inheritance from her, not that we expected anything, of course. But it, it it was sad to see that the money that she'd saved during her life, it had to be used to take care of her for her her care at the end of life care. And that is the reality that a lot of people unfortunately are going to be faced with when it comes to the question of whether or not there will be an actual inheritance from their parents or their grandparents. It might come down to them to help them to get a leg up in life. And if you're using all of that money for end of life care, where is that money going? Well, it is going somewhere. Well, it's going to doctors, nurses, hospitals, uh, nursing, people who own nursing homes. So in reality, that money isn't necessarily gonna get transferred down to people who are poor or middle class who could really use it to get a leg up. It's very likely that that money is just gonna go right back to the rich people who own hospitals and nursing homes and all of that. I'm not hating on rich people here. I'm just simply saying that a lot of people are talking about the amount of money that is held by boomers, thinking that, well, as this generation passes, we're not going to have the kind of economic problems that people in my generation are faced with right now because they'll be able to take that money and move on. That's very likely not going to be the situation. And as a matter of fact, a lot of boomers have been really terrible at saving. They're likely going to have to actually go ahead and take Not only are they going to spend the money that they have saved, but they're probably going to have to tap into the savings and finances of the younger generation who have already been cash strapped since we got into the economy, into the workplace, entered the workforce, at least my generation, millennials, starting in the early 2000s until today. So all of these years, all of our best work years have been saddled with problems like the the, uh, housing, the mortgage crisis, for example and uh, uh the wars in iraq and afghanistan which have run up our national debt and the inflationary problems that we've re- received i think today that it was announced that mortgage rates have hit uh eight percent for like the first time in 24 years i think is what i've been seeing uh but I- i'll be curious what your thoughts are on this one again this is not so like jealous greedy you know austin peterson hoping we got to take the money from the boomers or something but These are serious problems for people of my generation as we go forward, because if there is no expectation that there will be any kind of a wealth transfer or inheritance, and then we are also going to have to probably eat into our own savings and investments to be able to then take care of our boomers, because of course, people are living longer than they ever have. A lot of times um, uh, people, when they go into these assisted living facilities, which are very expensive, they can be like $8,000 a month, very expensive people can people think oh well they're maybe they're going to be you know they might live for another year or two i know these are uncomfortable conversations but you do have to talk about this and certainly boomers don't like to talk about this nobody does nobody likes to consider their impending doom but these are financial realities a lot of times somebody can go into an assisted living facility and can then live for a number of years after that right and they need care for maybe six seven eight years sometimes and eight years what's eight years if if you're let's let's be generous and say that your assisted living facility costs five thousand dollars a month, right? What's five thousand times twelve, and then that times let's be gen, let's be conservative here and say six years, six years you're gonna live another year, six years. Think about how much that's gonna cost. How much do you have to have saved for that, right? I I can't do the math, and you know I don't. If I had a crew, I would tell somebody to pull out a calculator, but I'm not gonna sit here and slam away at the keyboard. I'll just let you guess. Uh, at this situation, right? So the New York Times has been talking about things like this, as well as spreading fake news about the Hamas hospital, which we'll talk about here in just a moment. They've been talking about this, they've been reporting on a coming inheritance wealth boom in 2023, 2019, 2014, 2008, and 1999. And the story goes like this, the very conservative and responsible, quote, silent generation would be leaving vast sums of money to their baby boomer progeny. And that was supposed to be a good thing because boomers didn't save worth a damn, many of them. And now, the, now though, the boomers do have more assets than even they can spend. So now they'll be passing this on to their cash-strapped Gen Xer and millennial progeny. So when is this great wealth transfer supposed to happen, right? Are, are, are your parents sitting on millions of dollars that they haven't told you about, right? Are we gonna see a life-changing jump in millennials' generation, our generation's net worth? Well, if the past is any indication, don't get your hopes up. Um, Edward Wolf of New York University, they looked at data from 1989 to 2007 to see if there was a wealth transfer. Researchers found that the number of households reporting an inheritance fell by 2.5 percentage points during that time period. They found that inheritance can reduce inequality a bit at the margins, a few thousand dollars Typically left by accidental bequest can make a big difference in the financial well being of people at lower income levels. But the bulk of inheritances were distributed in predictable ways. The rich got richer, and very little trickled down to the majority of boomers. Most of that money gets spent in end of life care, um, catheters uh, for mesothelioma, right? You know, uh, my pillows and <laughs> things like that. Um, You know, uh, and then and and then remember that a lot of the assets that are held by boomers in in this in in the current state of the American economy is that it's held by a very, very small amount of people. Right. Many of the nation's wealthiest individuals like Michael Bloomberg, Warren Buffett, Larry Ellison and Bill Gates, they're in this demographic and their wealth is not going to trickle down to anybody. Right. So they're not going to be actually turning their money back over into the economy. Right. They're going to go spend it wasted on some nonprofit that's going to go into some Black Lives Matter person's mansion, if you know what I'm saying. So so I guess that's dire news and not (laughs) news for those of us who might have thought that perhaps we'd have a better future if we saw a proper uh, transfer of wealth. But it's very unlikely to happen. And it's really not the kind of thing that you want to get your pin your hopes on. Uh, if you're just tuning into the Wake Up America show, good morning. We're glad to have you here. Do me a favor. Click that like button and subscribe to the channel that you're watching us on right now. It's nice to see 183 people pr- watching us here and joining us live. Uh, thanks to Kilsharian for buying some delicious AP for Liberty shop coffee. I'm really trying to encourage our listeners today, people who are regular um, viewers of the show and who like to drink our uh, coffee from AP for dot com. That, that you, you consider consi- becoming either a, like a, a, a subscriber to the coffee program uh, in order to make sure that you never run out. A lot of people love the, the Founding Flavors coffee. Thomas's Painkiller is my favorite coffee. But I'd really, for the holiday season, I'm really trying to encourage people that if you really enjoy Founding Flavors coffee, that you consider signing either up for a two-week uh, subscription every two weeks, a month, two months, or three months. So uh, when you go over there, um, don't forget, you can, you've got to check a box. Do you want ground or do you want whole bean? But I'd like to employ or implore our audience today that if you're a regular drinker or Founding Flavors coffee, that you consider signing up today for a subscription package to the coffee and have it delivered. Also, holiday season is coming up. Now's a great time to start thinking about getting holiday gifts for your friends and for your family. And honestly, if you've got a patriotic person in your family and they also love coffee, can you imagine how awesome it would be to open up a big package full of delicious bags of coffee featuring George Washington's revolutionary roast, Adams's patriotic perk, Jeffersonian Java, Thomas's painkiller? I know that if I was not the owner of this brand and I opened up a big gift box full of coffee, delicious coffee like this, premium coffee like this, as a gift, that I would be thrilled, ecstatic, and over the moon. For, for a coffee lover in your life and somebody who loves America, check out apforlibertyshop.com and consider becoming a monthly subscriber. And here's what you do. When you get yourself a big subscription, every time you get in coffee, I, here's what I like to do. And I know this is very self-serving of me. But what I like to do for the, the coffee subscription is to go ahead and sign up for a subscription to your, for your favorite coffee. And here's what I, what I think you should do. Sometimes you might say, oh, well, I don't know if I'm going to drink all of that coffee. But here's the thing. Don't, do, you, do you go to house parties? Like, Do you have friends? Like, Some of you people have friends, right? And do you ever think to yourself, man, I really need to bring a gift for the party. And you say to yourself, oh, gosh, I don't want to have to go to the store or stop by. But like, oh, maybe I've got an extra bag of founding flavors coffee. What an awesome gift to bring to somebody. And now that the holidays are coming up, you're going to be going to more parties. You're going to be going to Christmas parties. You're going to be going to Halloween parties. And and honestly, who isn't going to love you or think that you're the coolest guest if you come and you bring them a big, delicious bag of Founding Flavors coffee? So go APForLibertyShop.com, sign up for a biweekly or a monthly or two or three month subscription, get yourself a, a few of the different flavors, try them all, see which one that you like. I recommend our Colombian Single Origin. And when you sign up for that subscription, you'll say to yourself, oh, I don't know if I'll drink it all. But you will drink it, most likely. And even if you don't, you can bring it to a friend's house and give it to him as a gift. And I think that that will make you a hero. Don't you agree? Don't you agree? Well, I see three of you are over at the shop shopping right now. So hopefully someone will check out and buy. All right. Let's, Let's moving move. on, moving on, moving on. Uh, if you're just tuning in the Wake Up America show, don't forget you can send us a text at 573-319. One five eight six. You can text the show again at 573-319-1586 is the text line. So I do check those text messages night and day. So sometimes, you know, if you're in the evening or you see a news story that you'd like to share with us, you can do that. Send us a text at 573-319-1586. Oh, somebody did the math for me. They say if it costs $5,000 a month for 12 months, it's $60,000 for one year times five, $300,000. See, there you go. Thank you for that, by the way. $300,000 for end-of-life care. I mean, th- ask yourself if your boomer parents who might be going into assisted living have $300,000. Uh, some people have that kind of money saved and some people do not. Uh, and and again, I was being a little bit conservative there. I've seen a lot of these assisted livings, if we're being liberal with our, our estimates here, it can cost sometimes for end-of-life care up to $8,000 a month. I, I think my, that's what my grandmother went into for a few years was that she went into end-of-life care uh, at an assisted living facility, and it ended, It was like $5,000 a month. And then she did go on to live for a few more years, and it was deeply, deeply expensive. And, and so consider that we're all going to have to ask ourselves, how are we going to take care of our our senior citizens as they are living longer and as the cost of health care has just skyrocketed? How are we going to take care of them? How are we going to take care of ourselves? These are real problems that the United States is facing. And I don't like to be the bearer of bad news, but I'd just like to let you all know what we're facing right now in terms of the economic crisis. And of course, freaking George W. Biden wants to go spend money on two wars at the same time, of course. Another listener texted in this morning, says, good morning, homie. Good morning to you, homie. Um, Another listener is texting in and trying to get me to buy into him as his MLM pyramid scheme. (laughs) Uh, Not going to happen. Nice to see you here. We all appreciate you very much. Grover Bentley, Studio 314, Sterling Champion, Quantum Kitty, uh, Utopians, and uh, uh, da, 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 who else have we got here today joining us? Oh, Perfect on, on back and Perfect. Nice to see you. We appreciate you very much for joining us today, as well as KV Andy and John Rin KC. Thank you very much for your comments. Don't forget, if you haven't, click that like button and subscribe to the Wake Up America show and join us every Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Time and help us to spread the message of economic freedom and personal liberty. Okay. Let's get back to the news here. President Joe Biden will be giving an address to the nation tonight to talk uh, about the foreign policy situation in the Middle East. He spoke on Air Force One yesterday for eight minutes, and I'm pretty sure that his, uh, his staff and his handlers were, well, freaking out a little bit. Well, tonight, they cornered Joe Biden on Air Force One and got him to answer questions for over eight minutes. <laughs>
2: To the hospital,
3: May I? Oh, don't. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. May I yes. ask you? But. Are the Israelis um, operating within the rules of war that you talked about last week being so important? Good talking to you. Great, Thank sir. you, Thank sir.
2: Thank
0: you. You have not seen anything like this before. Now the media has done a good job to try to obscure this by cutting it up into little bits, but I have the full video here. This is a rare chance for the American people to see just how unfit and unqualified this man is. To run American foreign policy.
2: Uh, Virtually every...
0: Speaking of a freaking assisted living.
2: Mass shooting. Every...
0: This is the president of the United States. Well, yesterday, protesters committed an insurrection yesterday. Oh, no, wait. It's it's not an insurrection. It's just a protest when they do it. (laughs) <laughs> Is that the gayest protester you've ever seen?
1: <laughs>
0: Look at this. Here we are. Here, are that. Put the one, the one trying to step over the Capitol there. <laughs> Come on, Ahmed. Cease fire, they say. Cease fire. Cease killing terrorists. And another one who committed the exact same crime that January 6th protesters received over a dozen years in jail for. Here we see a protester committing a crime.
2: Up. Palestine, Palestinians need freedom, to to freedom. They're being killed, they're being slaughtered. Palestinians are being slaughtered. All right, guys, on your face. Health conscience. This is supporting genocide. This is how mass atrocities happen.
0: That is disruption of the government in session. I have to say that I think that, you know, these people should absolutely go to jail for 12 to 15 to 20 years. Um, But of course it is, they are defending the religion of peace. Rashida Tlaib yesterday spreading lies that the hospital was bombed by Israel, believing the terrorist propaganda that was being spread by the Hamas terrorists. And in, in New York City, a rally in favor of these acts of genocide against the Jews of Israel uh, was was held and I thought it was quite interesting I think one of the um, one of the Muslim speakers has something that you all should hear take a listen
1: done being tortured and hurt and judged This is the correct religion. This is the religion that all of humanity needs to be a part of Islam. And we will not stop until it enters every home. So I want you to repeat after me. I want to hear it in every single district. It should tremble. Brooklyn should hear it. The Bronx should hear it. Queens should hear it. Say it as if the ummah depends on this, my brothers and sisters. (laughs) Layla hallallah there is
0: no god worthy of worship done being tortured and hurt and so just think is everybody ready to join uh the palestinian hamas everybody ready to be uh to join islam the death cult religion of peace if you will um yeah it's here's the uh one of the former leaders of hamas who spoke to uh, Vice magazine, and here's what he had to say about the conflict.
4: I <inaudible>
3: want to take <inaudible> this opportunity
0: to remember <inaudible> the racist <inaudible> murder of George Floyd. George
4: Floyd, George Floyd <inaudible> was killed <inaudible> as a result of <inaudible> a racist ideology <inaudible> <methodology> held by <inaudible> some people. <inaudible> the <same inaudible> type of
0: racism that killed George <inaudible> Floyd
4: <inaudible> is being used <inaudible> by, <inaudible> by Israel against <inaudible>
0: Palestinian Muslims.
4: And I want to take this moment
0: uh, to to remember al- remember al- the racist al- murder al- of George George. Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if your idea was that you're going to get people on your side with that one, I have to say that I think you've made a big mistake. Uh, good morning. If you're just tuning in to the Wake Up America show, I'm your host, Austin Peterson. We're glad and grateful to have you here. Don't forget to click that like button and subscribe to the channel. Join us every Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Time. We'd be grateful to have you. Come back and join us. And if you're enjoying that content, we'd love to earn your uh, subscribe. So if you're clicking like and subscribe, you're helping to support our ideas. Well, Liberty LockPod, Clint Russell and I sat down and had a debate the other day uh, about the conflict between Israel and Hamas, and specifically the libertarian response to it. Liberty LockPod accidentally uh, jumped all over the news story that uh, Hamas claimed that Israel bombed a hospital in Gaza, which so did many mainstream news outlets. You can understand why people got it wrong. But too many people, when they get things wrong, they never admit that they were wrong. Well, yesterday, I got to give it up to Clint Russell. <laughs> yeah, look at this. You never see this happen anymore. And I got to give him credit for being a big man here. He says he got it wrong. I never came to a conclusion, but I did make my suspicions known and I was proven wrong. Clearly, there was no 500-plus fatality event that happened yesterday, and there was no JDAM strike by the IDF. He says he's not going to try, stop trying to make sense of the insanity in real time. In a time of aggressive war propaganda, it is mandatory that I counter some of it in real time. I cannot wait days before commenting on everything, but I will check my biases and be more skeptical of early reporting than I was yesterday. I'm doing my best I assure you. My goal is the truth, wherever it may lead. So, yes. I understand wanting to report things in real time, and I will, you know, split hairs perhaps in a little bit and say it's mandatory that I counter some of it in real time. I actually disagree. I think that it's actually okay to just wait. I read the Wall Street Journal every day, I'll tell you, and I generally trust it more than I trust other news outlets and organizations. But when I saw that the Wall Street Journal was reporting that Israel had done this. It didn't make sense. And so instead of just going out there and repeating what the Wall Street Journal did and making some kind of a rationalization for what Israel did well, or, what, or what they didn't do in that situation, because I, I, I want to con- ensure that I don't confirm my biases, I waited. I waited. And there are a lot of stories that uh, in this conflict that I think it's fine to wait. It's okay. You don't have to do it. I think the problem is is that people like Clint Russell and others, they're they're dying for attention and they're dying for clicks and they're dying to get the be, to be the first one to go out there and to dunk on everybody, and I think that it it creates this it creates this situation where everybody's trying to outdo one another on social media and the truth gets left behind, and I think it, it it's wise to wait, right? I mean, how much more money are you going to make on Twitter advertising um, payouts? than you would have made if you just waited to find out if the story was real and if the story was true. And there are a lot of people in this quote-unquote question-everything crowd that haven't had the courage to do what Clint Russell did and to say that he was sorry and that he got it wrong. I mean, that and you've got the Rashida Tleves out there who were stoking the uh, anger at the protests in the Capitol yesterday, who was making this false claim and actually stirring people up to action and violence Uh, Based on a lie. So, you know, if anything, I think people just really need to slow down. I'm not saying necessarily even calm down. I'm not going to tell anybody to calm down after they saw their kids get murdered. If I was if I was an Israeli living in one of those kibbutzes and last night, Stephanie and I were watching some of those horrible, terrible videos of people's homes being raided by terrorists that looked just like a home that you or I may, may live in, armed men breaking in, murdering children and, and women. And I saw these things happening in these videos. I'm not going to tell somebody to calm down after that. I would be the furthest thing from calm. But for those of you who are out there who are reporting the news, who are working in the business that I'm working in, and you know what? Maybe it's been my time working in the mainstream media that, that has given me this, this sense of um, scope Perhaps is that the word that I'm looking for, or just the um, just the professional training, right? And this is what happens when you get people just wanting to be, you know, podcasters and to get to be famous and get rich by having a show online that don't have any actual professional training. And listen, even the professional journalists got this wrong. The New York Times, CNN, the Wall Street Journal, uh, Al Jazeera, many of these mainstream media outlets—they absolutely got it wrong. So it's not to just pick on Clint or you know, many of my libertarian friends who have jumped all over this. Um, but I will say that I think that there is something to be said for experience. Think about this, too. Probably a lot of these mainstream media news organizations, they probably have a, a lot of these junior writers, these a lot of these Wokies that are in there taking over these news organizations, and they have an agenda to push. And I think that's another part of this that we're not talking about, is that there is an anti-Israel, anti-Jew hatred that exists that people are trying to push their agenda. I don't have any special hatred or enmity for Arabic people or for the Palestinians, but I do have a belief in a cultural superiority. I, do, I don't I do believe, and even Judge Napolitano said this on my show yesterday, not all cultures are the same, and some cultures are better than others. And I agree with Ayn Rand, On the view that the Israelis, being the advanced technological civilization, deserve our moral support, that and because—and I know that the Nazis types aren't going to like this, and the hardcore right-wing trad caths or whatever aren't going to like this—but because Israeli, the Israelis are a more liberal civilization, and I mean that in the good sense, not in the bad sense. As a matter of fact, you see these. Do you remember? Um, remember Andrew Tate when he was relevant like five seconds ago, and really is no longer. He really lost a lot of a uh, loss a lot of clout in the last two weeks when he came out in support of Palestinian Hamas terrorists uh, in this attack. A lot of right wingers who were out there defending Andrew Tate uh, have been really silent about Andrew Tate for the last ha- couple of weeks. Have you noticed that? Huh? <laughs> Isn't that interesting? Absolutely fascinating, I think, right? Now now that he, of course, is out there supporting Muslim terrorists, uh, a lot of people are starting to to walk back their support, or at least they're very quiet about their support. Well, as for me, I refuse to be lectured to or talked down to or lectured to about anything by the people who bought into that Hamas-Gaza hospital narrative. I refuse. Can I just get just a crumb of respect for doing the right thing and keeping my mouth shut and waiting until the details came out? Because honestly, I'm going to tell you something. I, in order to maintain my integrity, I have to do things that are against my pecuniary interests. Okay. I want my $5 for my word, Camellia. And I want your subscription to this show. Because I want to demonstrate to you that, the, that although I have my biases and I'm open about my biases, that I will be honest to, with you about what I believe is going on based on the best facts that I can use, based on my experience and my knowledge and my ability to bring you the truth. Sometimes the truth doesn't coincide with my belief system. Sometimes reality is on the opposite side of what I want to believe. But here's the thing. And this is why I think you should be a regular viewer of the Wake Up America show, because here's, a, here's my standard that I use in order to report the news to you. My standard is this. If the more that I want to believe something, the higher a standard of evidence that I have for that. Does that make sense? Consider that. The more I want to believe something is true, the less willing I am to believe it is true. This is the opposite of confirmation bias, right? Because the more I've sort of studied fallacies and debates and arguments, and and the more I try and seek the truth, the more I take the red pill, and the more I try and, and understand what is real, what is true, the more I try and break out of Plato's cave, and the more I try and go back into the cave and try and... Bring the red pill to others or tell them about what is real and what is true, despite the fact that they try and kill me (laughs) and that they they laugh at me and they mock me. I'm going to continue to do that because I have seen what I believe to be what is real and I want to hopefully free more prisoners out of Plato's cave. That might sound quite um, egotistical or egocentric or arrogant, but I see it as a mission of mercy. Right, That people who have their entire lives, and even here's the thing, I think that there is a, that people, it's, you're not free just because you're free of the mainstream media narrative. You're really free, in my opinion, when you're free of the mainstream media narrative and the alternative media narrative. Because what I think has happened with a lot of these libertarians or truth seekers or conspiracy theorist types and things like that, is that they have become reflexively Anti-establishment, such that, well, if Israel or the United States say it, well, then it must be wrong. Haven't you noticed that from people that if the if it's not what someone says, it's who says it? So, for example, because I trigger uh, uh, like anarcho-capitalists and, and libertarians, I trigger them so frequently. Sometimes I will actually, as an experiment, and I used to, I did this when I ran for president. I actually will repeat verbatim an exact quote, without citing the person I'm quoting, an exact quote from uh, Judge Napolitano or uh, uh, Rand Paul, for example. I did this several times, and I actually, I, I laughed because libertarians contradicted me, they argued with me, they fought with me, because you know what? They didn't like the messenger, right? And so, because they didn't like the messenger, they rejected the message. And that just goes to show you that libertarians really aren't any more free than people who are enslaved to a mainstream media narrative because of the logical fallacies that quote-unquote truth seekers, right, if you will, or uh, people who are anti-establishment, if you will, because of the same kinds of fallacies of, of thinking of confirmation bias uh, and our side right, that exists and, and arguments from authority that exist, they're still it blue-pilled, right? They're still in the matrix. And one of the things I thought was interesting about my discussion with Clint Russell, for example, the other day, which I think is really telling, and I don't mean to, again, pick on, on Clint, but he's the one who who we had a debate the other day and, and a discussion. And uh, and you can, I, I was going to play that for you today, but I actually I think that this monologue is a little bit more interesting than me replaying my my debate. You should go back and watch it. But I think what was really telling about what Clint Russell's Beef was with what I had to say, was that rather than bringing up Israel versus Hamas or bringing up um, the uh, some other topic that I said, oh, a libertarians being useful idiots for Russia and Hamas and China, for example, um, that he did bring that up later. But the first thing that Clint latched onto that he had that had brief beef with what I had said was 9 11 truth, and I think I know why, because. Fascinatingly, you know, 9/11 and the question of it being an inside job if you will or a conspiracy if you will, it that is that has hinged, that is the hinge for so many people especially of our age group because it was such a massive event that those who bought into the conspiracy narratives of 9/11, the conspiracy theory narratives, I will say, you know, building 7, what happened to building 7 and all, you know, all this stuff those who bought into that conspiracy theory narrative that, that was, it was a lie perpetrated by George W. Bush so he could go into Iraq to avenge his father and all those kind of stuff, right? Those who bought into that, it is the linchpin of their belief system. And, and it's, it's sort of like telling that Muslim that we listened to about 10 minutes ago, telling him that Allah is fake and that his l- religion is a lie. If you tell a 9-11 truther that Building 7 came down because it was hit by two other towers and hollowed out at the bottom and that was an L-shaped structure that sat on its ass and was admittedly a faulty support structure for a building like that and that that's the reason why it came down in a pancake fashion and that there have uh, actually been other buildings that have come down from fire and that, yes, jet fuel doesn't melt steel beams, but it doesn't have to because all they have to do is bend a little bit in order for them to lose their structural capacity of handling the massive weight of these towers, when you start talking about something like this, it's like you're telling a Muslim that, you know, actually pork is delicious and you should eat some bacon, and it is probably actually pretty good for you, and also your Quran is a lie and everything that you've been told is a lie, right? So I think that it was telling that, moving, going back to, you know, the the basis of this, that I think libertarians, um, and the reason, a large reason why the libertarian movement has really gone off the rails in recent years is because, well, we're delusional, many of us, and we exist in the same kind of God delusion that, um, that uh, these Islamic terrorists exist in, right? And people who can be made to believe absurdities can be made to commit atrocities, such as spreading terrorist propaganda, uh, like many did when they immediately jumped all over the story of the Hamas hospital bombing. They were hornswoggled by Hamas. What do you think? Send us a text at 573-319-1586. That's 573-319-1586. Uh, one listener texted in and says the Islamic preacher sounds just like a lot of Christian preachers. Yeah, I'm no fan of any of uh, the organized religions. One listener texted in and said Ryan Kelly, former candidate for GOP Governor of Michigan, sentenced to 60 days in prison for his trespassing in the role. Um uh, wish I could listen to the show in It's So Loud in Hearing. Not exactly what that, not sure exactly what that means. Is the audio okay, guys? Uh, I apologize if it's not perfect, but I do my best here. Again, you can text the show at 573-319-1586. Again, text the show anytime, 573-319-1586. So the, you know, going back to that 9-11 narrative, right? It's, it's a religion. Right? It's, it's, it's like, a, or what I like to call it is, it's a sacred cow. But the fascinating thing, too, is, and I don't want to talk about 9-11 all morning, but I do want to just say that, you know, 9-11 truthers who claim to revere Ron Paul, 9-11 truthers are calling Ron Paul a liar. Let that sink in. 9-11 truthers are calling Ron Paul a liar because Ron Paul said that it was blowback for our foreign policy overseas. So if you do something to yourself, right, in other words, if it's an inside job, it's not blowback, right? Ask yourself, th- ask yourself that. Think about that for just a moment. And I know that for maybe Ilmerica out there, I see your comments. I know that for many of you, you're desperately clinging to your belief in this. Uh, and it's not to say that there are, you know, 9-11 itself is a conspiracy, right? But the idea of it being blowback and an inside job, that's called cognitive dissonance right so what you're experiencing here is cognitive dissonance what does that mean that means that you have you are holding two beliefs that are in conflict with one another you're saying to yourself on one hand it was done by me on the other hand it was done by somebody else which was it was it blowback or was it an inside job cuz it can't be both right think about that okay then you can say things like oh uh, the next layer of this is that oh well it wasn't planned by that they let it happen well that's fascinating because again if that is the case you're giving our moronic idiotic stupid ass leaders way more credit for being far more brilliant than they actually are and i like to i like to liken this to a thought experiment another favorite conspiracy theory of mine is the idea that FDR wanted to get into war with Japan, and therefore he allowed the Pearl Pearl Harbor bombings to happen, so therefore he would have a pretext to war. It's true that FDR did believe that by the time Pearl Harbor happened that the United States was going to get dragged into war, but it's not true that he knew that they were going to bomb Pearl Harbor. They didn't know when or where an attack might happen. But if you're FDR and you know that battleships, for example, are becoming obsolete and that many of the battleships that you have uh, are likely going to be more detrimental to your war effort than they are helpful, then what do you do? You send your aircraft carriers out to sea as they, and you do so randomly to ensure that if there is an attack on your base, that it comes and hits only those assets that you're actually willing to lose therefore Pearl Harbor happens, the aircraft carriers are out to sea, and all we lose is a battleship and some of them taking out of commission for a while, and we didn't need those, and battleships really aren't that useful by this time in war anyway. You're giving FDR so much credit for being this genius tactician that he he really isn't, right? And it's the same for 9-11 Truth. You're giving George W. Bush an incredible amount of credit for being able to accomplish something when really he was just kind of a dumb hick redneck from Texas. And, uh, You know, I believe in, I don't believe in the conspiracy version of history because I believe that people are idiots. And I think that the reason why people latch on to conspiracy theories is the same people reason that people latch on to organized religions. They want to feel like they're part of something. They like to believe that they have a secret knowledge, right? Just like the Muslim cleric, you know, shouting in New York that he he believes he has a secret knowledge and that this is the one true religion, right? And I also, I think that people would feel if they realize that, that the bad things that happen in the world are not part of god 's plan or not being orchestrated by a cabal of evil Jewish masons uh, in in Jerusalem, I think people who have that mindset would feel um, lost and terrifying and I think i under I understand why right if you don't believe that there's a God or an Allah, if you don't believe that uh, a conspiracy of super Jews is controlling everything like right, and pulling everybody 's strings, and you look at things and you and at, at world events and you say, Well, this earthquake was random other than an act of God or god 's plan right didn 't Jerry Falwell say that nine eleven was was you know god 's hand striking us down for homosexuality right right it, it, you know people will use that uh, amazing what they will use to to justify their evil beliefs but If the if things that happen in the world are random, and boy, that's this is the one thing that really riles up a lot of the alternative thinkers, the the what people who think that they're red pilled but are really still inside the cave, right? Um, is to is to explain to them how random things really are, right? To see to see how coincidences are really not that coincidental at all. Remember when people used to play records backwards? and think that they were saying, you know, for a, a Stairway to Heaven. Remember, did you ever play the record Stairway to Heaven backwards and thinks that he's saying, Sad Satan, oh, a little in a sad Satan, right? Oh, she's buying a stairway to heaven, right? And all the Christians in the 1980s were freaking out because they were like, Oh my God, this music is telling us the sad little Satan in the garden that we know, sad Satan, sad Satan. Well, that's because our human brains are pattern-seeking brains. It's why you see faces in almost everything, right? And I'll tell you, this, it's sort of like, Stephanie, the other day we watched The Matrix to, to talk about, like, what does it mean to be blue-pilled or red-pilled? Because she didn't know, she hadn't seen it, she didn't understand that concept. At first, when we first started the movie, <clears throat> she actually was like, I would take the blue pill. And do you know why? She wanted to take the blue pill in The Matrix because the real world was dystopia because reality in the matrix was being plugged in as a battery to power robot overlords. And Stephanie said, I would just rather live in the matrix because the the real world is terrifying and sad. Mm. So here's the thing. Like, do you really think that most people are going to take the red pill because it seems like everybody everywhere these days is taking the red pill. Or is it more like a a maze where or like a false cave, like scuba divers for example when they do cave diving, it's a very dangerous activity because one of the things that can happen is that you can think you're taking a cave that's going to take, you know, a cave exit that's going to take you up and out, but in reality you're just going up inside of a bell and you're just going into another cave and there's no exit. That is what happens to people who become reflexively anti-establishment. It's like, you know, if George W. Bush says it, it must be wrong. If George Soros says it, it must be wrong. Because people will, based on who the messenger is, they will not believe the message. And I think that's something that I've been experiencing in the last week and a half, because obviously there's a lot of angst and rage uh, uh, from libertarians and anarcho-capitalists specifically at me because I reject the narrative of what I call, I should call them blue-pilled libertarians. They may happen to be right politically, at least in regards to their views on economics and their views when it comes to the proper role of government, but when it comes to assessing situations on an individual basis, they're not as, be, they're, they're not as good at critical thinkers as they are. Most of us aren't. Most of us aren't. Probably the audience of the Wake Up America show is, right? Probably you guys are because you're smart enough to watch the Wake Up America show. I thank you. Which means you're probably smart enough to click that like button and send us a text at 573-319-1586. Again, you can text the show at 573-319-1586. Now, I know these things... Uh, don't make you happy, and I know that these things offend you, and I know that they attack your sacred cows, I know I've attacked your religions, and I know that these things have made you uh, question whether or not I'm someone that can be trusted. But I promise you that if you stick around long enough, and if you join our show regularly, and you listen to the consistencies of my message, and I explain my inconsistencies, That I think you'll become a lifelong listener, and some of you will even become good friends. Coming up next, it's time to change the subject. Camellia Peterson is going to be joining us on the show. What are we going to talk to CJ about? Well, I've got one, two, what, maybe three topics here? Why young men don't talk to women anymore, and why no one can take a joke. A guy gets, like, what, how many years in jail for posting a meme? We'll talk about that when we get back on the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. Good morning. Rise and freedom. I'm Austin Peterson. You're watching and listening to the Wake Up America Show at wakeupamericashow.com. Nice to see all your smiling faces this morning. Do us a favor. If you're really that happy, how about you click that like button and subscribe to the channel if it's your first time here on the Wake Up America Show. We stream live every Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Time. I Actually, I forgot I was going to announce. Speaking of religion and Christianity, guess who's coming on the show on Monday? Kirk Cameron is gonna be on the show on Monday. Aren't you guys excited? Wow, his people reached out. They're like, hey, we saw the Wake Up America show on Rumble, we wanna be on the show and come and talk to you about Drag Queen Story Hour. I'm like, you know what, show me that smile again. Don't waste another minute on the drag queen. Yeah, so Kirk Cameron coming up next Monday. You don't wanna miss that, so click the like button and subscribe to the channel. I think it should be a very interesting, very spicy conversations. All right. Well, speaking of spicy conversations, every Tuesday and Thursday on the show, another good reason to subscribe, we play Let's Make Camellia Blush. Camellia Peterson, my good friend, a fellow Missourian, joining us now. It's a spicy show today. How you doing, CJ.
5: I'm great. Uh, yeah. So I was, it's, it's kind of funny because I was telling you, I asked in the chat a few minutes ago, if this is the first time you've ever talked religion yes. uh, since so you've been on Rumble with the Rumble gang. I was like, put your thick skin on y'all. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of funny. Cause it's like, you know, they'll hear me talking smack about Islam and right. And it's a death cult and Muhammad was a pedophile and stuff. And, the, and they're all like, yeah, yeah. And then I'm like, Oh, and uh, she, and she By the way. Him, I get some beef with them, too. And it's like, no. Right. So it's like, uh, you know.
5: Well, if there's nothing everybody. Uh, well, there's something everybody will eventually learn on the show that there are no sacred cows. Um sacred cows it, on this show. Equal opportunity exists right,
0: right. here. Right, right. And people are like, <laughs> oh, well, you're bi- you know, you have your biases. Well, I'm open about my biases. And it's like, why do I prefer? Like, I don't really. Be- I don't like organized religion. But I like Judaism the most because at least they aren't trying to convert me, right? Like, who would want to... I wouldn't want to be a part of a club that would have me as a member, you know? <laughs> and I like that, uh, you know, you you never get a Jew knocking on your door on a Saturday morning. You know what I mean? <laughs> but my, uh, my, my main argument just is that, you know, my problem with Islam is that Christianity and Judaism were blunted by the Enlightenment. Meaning that, the french revolution for all the problems that it had right it it pushed the the it, for the separation of church and state like it was people were finally tired of being forced to pay taxes to a religion they still do in britain in places but like people were sick and tired of being forced to fund belief systems that they didn't agree with and they turned out notre dame turned it into a hall of skepticism and science and we basically said hey listen no more holy wars we're sick and tired of it But Islam never didn't come into contact with the Enlightenment. And so Judaism and Christianity, they don't follow those religions to their utmost, right? They don't do everything that the Bible tells them to do because they can't because the law prevents them from doing so. Am I right or am I right?
5: You're right. And I would tell you, you know, there's the whole, you know, return to tradition meme that's, you know, been the theme for the last several years. And I saw something the other day was talking, looking at all of the architecture and, was saying that you know the um the enlightenment and the industrial revolution those things were a mistake because nobody creates art like this anymore i'm like so the printing press was a mistake i mean it's like you know if you wanted to return to tradition and all of the these tradition religious or traditional religious elements and the way things were i mean you have to go back before people had the ability to read for themselves and to read the bible for themselves and to ask questions because you didn't ask questions before that you know the the law was set before you, and you didn't know if it was right or wrong. You relied on somebody else to tell you that, and you know.
0: And it used to be a crime to, be to read the Bible, right? And only <laughs> right? one Bible was allowed, yeah. and you had to check it out, and you couldn't read it. You know, and you couldn't read it all anyway. But no, I, <laughs> I, um, you know, this is a clash of civilization. I did, I did enjoy like this debate that I did with the um, the right wing nationalist guy or the this ultra nationalist because remember on Columbus Day when all of the trad caths we're posting the memes about how hernando cortez was settle- civilizing the savages of uh, south america and the Mayans. and the ass there will be no more mass beheadings because all of that well and then and so so they were all selling, oh yeah and then israel gets attacked and i go in and i debate these let's call them what they are they're nazis right <laughs> you know i don't use that term lightly but they are right And then I say, oh, well, they're just like Hernando Cortez. They're just like Columbus. They're just like American (laughs) colonials, you know, going in and preventing the savages from committing acts of terrorism. Then all of a sudden, I don't know if you saw that Keith Woods debate that I did, all of a sudden they're like, oh, the helpless Palestinians, right? Because we all know Nazis will throw out any principle that they claim to believe as long as it, you know, confirms their Jew hate.
5: Well, and I think it just goes to show that, you know, no matter what it is, and I think that with. Um, the uh, the Enlightenment and people being able to read and becoming a more educated civilization that, you know what? We're also going to screw up a lot of things. <laughs> and so that includes religion. Yeah. Um, and it just, you know, and I think that one thing you mentioned earlier about just like constant um, drumbeat of negative news and all of the depressing things that are going on in the world. And I think there's this pressure online, especially, that you have to be talking about these things or like you don't have your priorities straight or something like that. Like, how could you talk about anything else? And I think in these kinds of times, it is more important than ever to um, have a sense of humor, to use humor. Humans are resilient. And I think that humor is a huge part of that. Um, And I think finding the positive in the stories of love and light in these times is also really important. One of the things I've been thinking about, I know we're a little off the rails here, but uh, one of the things I've been thinking about, you know, since all of this started, you know, almost two weeks ago now, is that scene out of the fifth element where Leeloo, who's supposed to be, you know, the perfect human being come to save Earth from the the prophecy with the aliens destroying it. She's learning all about, she's watching the history of Earth, basically, in super speed, and she gets to the W A R. And she's watching all of these scenes of war and she's like, she's ready to quit. I mean, she's devastated. And so at the very end, she was like, you know, why, why save life when we see what you do with it? And, you know, Corbin points out that, you know, it's because there are beautiful things in life that make the pain worth it. There's love, there's beauty. And so I think it's important to keep that in perspective. But anyway, there's my rant for the morning. No, no,
0: no, you're right. Camille. I'm not going to lie. Like I have been losing sleep over the last couple of weeks, and i may i i think you know some of it has to do with how i'm you know my i'm i'm managing my my internet time and my um the the viewing of what I'm watching and when I'm watching it. I probably need to have a little bit more discipline, but of course, I can't run away from it because I literally work in this business and and last night, for example, like right before bed, there was like a six minute long terrorist video that showed. The brutal siege of Hamas terrorists into people's civilians' homes. They were just, they were just bursting into people's homes. Look like any home here in the United States, bursting into yeah. their homes and just executing people, kill women, kill children. They would just run up to cars and just blast everybody in the car. And then their, their heads were exploding and blood flying out everywhere. And this is, and I watched this right before I went to bed. And I, and Stephanie, she turned and she said, We shouldn't do that, right? We shouldn't do that. You've got to you've got to realize that, like, yes, this is huge. Yes, this is important. But there are still things in the world that make life worth living. And you've got to be able to turn away and look after yourself. As a matter of fact, on Monday, it's our uh, two-year anniversary. I'm taking a mental health day on Monday. I'm taking Monday off for our anniversary. So no Wake Up America show next Monday. I'm not going to look at the news. Wait, Just when can... is Kirk
5: Cameron coming?
0: Oh, wait. Maybe I'm not taking off on Monday. Well, maybe I'll just do a pre-record with Kirk Cameron and play it on Tuesday.
4: Okay, never mind. Sorry.
0: Yeah. No. It's you fine. should though. Thank you for reminding me. Yes, you're right. I should. I should. Maybe I'll reschedule them to Tuesday. But uh, <laughs> no, I just I do feel like it, it, it's painful when you like when you get up here this early in the morning and like you weren't able to sleep at night and and still do yeah. the show. I mean, just very very it, it, a lot of headaches and things like that. But it's also just like. I never used to, things like that when I was younger didn't used to disturb me as much, but as I've grown older and I realize how much more precious life really is, things like that really get to me, right? When when you're seeing children being murdered like that and anger, rage, right? Not just fear, but like, I want to like, you know, mount up and, you know, strike back, right? And and there is a righteous justice that needs to be visited on, on these people And I know we're kind of going down the rabbit hole here. I do want to talk about something that's not this. We do have some time, though. But I mean, there does seem to be amongst our people, Camellia, maybe it's a lack of understanding of evil, or maybe it's a willful denial of it. But there seems to be this toothlessness to libertarianism that strikes me as, I mean, it, it, it is ironic. The um the the phrase uh, the the motto of the Mises Institute, for example, is tunit quede malus, do not give in to evil, which is the the, the entire quote is tunicede malus, like I uh, said contra adentiorito, which means do not give in to evil, but proceed more ever ever more boldly against it. And I'll tell you what I see from a lot of people who claim to identify with that institution not only an ignorance of evil, but an actual acquiescence of it, an actual acceptance and an actual encouragement of evil, a support for evil in many ways. Am I off base?
5: I think a lot of that is in some ways projection in that with this, I mean, the libertarian philosophy, you know, is arguably a philosophy of peace because you know do no harm to other people that's all we want you like we don't we want don't hurt anybody else you know and just leave people alone that's what we want so i think that we assume that's what or we would like to think that that's what everybody else wants too and so that kind of frames how we think about it and the thing is is like i think sometimes in this people forget that responsibility part of freedom um of liberty because it's easy to say, and I mean, and it's it's often true. You know, I said it on here the other day, um, my kids, more important than your kids. Sorry, I'm gonna protect my kids before I protect yours. And I have an obligation to my family and the people that are near near and dear to me first. But it's not that I don't have any obligation at all to my neighbors. I think that we always struggle with to what degree, you know, do are, are we responsible for our neighbor? But I think that that responsibility, if we are if we are being good, upstanding individuals, moral people, uh, that we will not just care for ourselves, that we will also care for the people, for our neighbors and our community. And that means that we don't just isolate ourselves and stay away from everything and let the world burn around us.
0: I completely agree. And I, I think it's um I think it's indicative of what I'd like to call a, a knee-jerk or a contrarianism that sure. exists. yeah. It's yeah. just, a, if this person says it, then that I'm going to believe the opposite, right? right. Which leads one into absurdities. But I, I want to go ahead and move on. If you're just tuning into the Wake Up America show, good morning. I'm your host, Austin Peterson. Don't forget to click that like button and subscribe to the channel so you can get updates when we go live, which is every Monday through Friday, typically. I think I'm going to take next Monday off, but we'll see. Uh, join us every Monday through Friday, 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time, so we can uh, share, uh, share our stories and make friends. Camelia Peterson is a friend of the show. She joins us every Tuesday and Thursday here live, and she's joining us now talking a little bit about Israel and Hamas, but we are going to move on uh, to the topic that I hoped would make Camelia blush. Okay, so I read this story <laughs> yesterday. Starbucks barista's secret note on a cup to help a young woman sparked a heated debate. Quote, what are men supposed to do? Can you give us the details on the story? Give us the story and then we can distort it.
5: Right. Okay. So uh, I guess in a Starbucks, there was a a young lady who was in there and a man walked up to her and that she did not know, um, presumably, and started talking to her and so the baristas um were watching this and had taken a cup and you know wrote a message on it and said are you okay do you want us to intervene if you do take the lid off the cup and they took this over to her it just kind of with the comment that oh you know i think somebody forgot a a hot chocolate or something like that and just handed it to her and so people are kind of you know uh, speaking of contrarianism, I think people are, are maybe overcompensating and overreacting to this. I've been seeing it, like you sent it, but I've been seeing it the last couple of days and, you know, they're all outraged about how that men can't walk up to women and speak to women anymore. Um, because of things like this, I'm like, you know, I'm usually on this side of things and I like, you know, I kind of quibble with this one.
0: Why? <laughs> because you've had annoying men approaching in public and you wish somebody would come save you.
5: No, uh, well, and there's probably a reason why annoying men don't approach me in public.
2: Because <laughs> that, that cold,
5: that, that ice princess vibe or something. Ice I don't princess, know. princess, yes. Kidding.
0: I'm
2: <laughs> No,
5: so I mean, you know, I think that I think this was pretty harmless, and actually, I appreciate that they did it like they did it, because. It was very unobtrusive. It wasn't necessarily um, making any assumptions. It didn't interfere with her conversation with them. I think there was a little snippet in there that he was kind of um loud and whatever. So I don't know what you know they were talking about, but you know, she and I think that the girl that they handed the cup to was appreciative and didn't take it the wrong way. I think that you know she just appreciated that they were looking out for her. And I actually don't think that there's anything wrong with that. And I think that's the thing that we need to keep in mind when we have this whole debate of, you know, toxic masculinity versus healthy masculinity and what men can and can't do with women in public anymore. And I think there's nothing wrong with approaching someone in public, man or woman, but they're like, we shouldn't go the other way uh, of in the pendulum swing. There should still be that balance. I actually would really appreciate that someone did something like this because, you know, I don't have a problem telling someone to get lost or, you know, finding a way out of that conversation if it really is bothering me. But there are a lot of women who, you know, would, they wouldn't stand up for themselves in that sense. And so knowing that somebody's kind of got your back and they're looking out for you and they're giving you an easy way out if you need it, I think it's okay.
0: Yeah, I think it's okay. But I mean, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, I think it's fine. I mean, obviously, You know what? There are a lot of annoying dudes out there and the way that they approach (laughs) women is just absolutely redonkulous. And so I guess, you know, because there are so many creeps out there, there's a good reason to do it, but you can, you can see the other side of this, right?
5: I can. And I, I, I can understand the reaction to it because we have stigmatized men in so many ways, whether it's, you know, approaching women, whether it's holding the door open, whether it's um, you know, uh, talking to kids, you know, that aren't your own or whatever. I mean, like, there's, it's so ridiculous. Um, and so I do understand that reaction. But I think we always need to, you know, try to maintain that balance. One thing that we don't talk about a lot in this issue is the need for more men's faces. Um, because there are just not many, um, many places that are just places for men to go anymore. I mean, you know, there's there's there, there are a lot more cigar bars and things like that now, I've, it seems like. Um, I don't know that those are necessarily limited to men, though. But I think that um, it would be great to have more men's spaces. Because when you talk about um, a lot of guys not knowing how to appropriately approach a woman, um, I, we need them just for that. So men can mentor men. <laughs>
0: no kidding i the the problem of course is that like now because of the transgender issue it becomes Fuck. even more murky over right. like what qualifies as a man to a, to a certain extent so we've added a new layer of complication of right. what is it what does it mean to be a man what does it mean to be a woman so it's kind of like we we've we've got to go back unfortunately we have to define what it means what is a man you know what i mean so like it's a whole new layer of problems but uh, I want to move on to the next topic before we move on because we do have Daniela Pensac coming up here in just a moment. Um, Camelia, this meme that got shared around, um, this is a story about a man who shared a joke meme that has gotten him an actual prison sentence. What is this story?
5: So You know, believe it or not, I was actually not aware of this until you sent it. So Douglas Mackey, all the way back in 2016, um, was sharing memes about, and this is hilarious, by the way, and I sort of vaguely remember something about this, but not a lot, but he had uh, published these memes on Twitter with the hashtags, I'm with her and go Hillary that said, avoid the line, vote from home, text Hillary to <laughs> like, so, you know, it's like, and it, you know, it looks like an official campaign thing. Um, and so he got charged with conspiracy charges and He's supposed to he's been sentenced to seven months in jail, and that just blows my mind. Didn't judge Knapp talk about conspiracy charges here a while back? Mm-hmm.
2: And yes. just like,
5: I mean, like that's it's amazing. And there were people on the other side who were doing the same thing. Nobody else got charged with anything, um yes. let alone sentenced to anything. And I think actually, this is really scary in a lot of ways because they actually did it like i mean we joke about it you know and you know everybody talks about oh this could happen but they actually did it
0: yeah it's it's weird because uh, i mean obviously they didn't charge anybody else for this but this guy was actually had a little bit of clout and he was a conservative so they charged him can you imagine going to jail for a meme camellia i i there's a lot of memes <laughs> i could probably go to jail for do the gulag with you <laughs> do the gulag with me but uh, it 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 is honestly it's kind of scary.
5: It is, and so I there was one um, statement by this acting assistant attorney general of the Justice Department's Criminal Division that caught my eye, and he said, um, "This is Nicholas McQuaid, and he said, according to the allegations in the complaint, the defendant exploited a social media platform to infringe one of the most basic and sacred rights guaranteed by the Constitution." Uh, and that this complaint underscores the department's commitment to investigating and prosecuting those who would undermine citizens' voting rights. I mean, if this is your if this is your definition of of inter- of election interference, like literal election interference, uh, that's really broad. I mean, like almost anything could qualify. I don't. It's amazing to me that they even got this through the legal process.
0: Uh, I do I mean, wonder I- if he'll appeal. I mean, I would. I mean, something like that, I think, is probably the kind of case that's just ripe for a Supreme Court decision to come in on that one, because that like satire and humor and comedy like that is is to me a classic you know, demonstration of free speech. I think the reason why they they nabbed him is because he put a black woman on the meme and uh, they, they did have like like four or five or, or so thousand people actually text to vote to that text number thinking that they were voting. Uh, And so they think that they defrauded a black woman. And if you defrauded black women, well.
5: I mean, it just is, it is ridiculous. I have long said that, you know, America is not going to die by socialism or, you know, any of the other isms that, um, you know, we always see looming. And it's going to die by a lack of a sense of humor. Like there's, that's Agreed. what's going
0: to kill us. Amen. Amen, Camelia. Like.
5: <laughs> so lighten up, everybody. <laughs>
0: yeah, Camelia, uh, you're always so wonderful and lovely. A lot of the guys in there would love to date you. And uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, I had to say something to try and get you to blush. we yeah, appreci- <laughs> Every Tuesday and Thursday, you join us here on the show. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? Any message? Four words before we go.
5: Well, I'll just put, I'll, I'll put my my AFP hat on for just a second. And for all the Missouri people, I mean, you know, like nationwide, you know, you can probably do this too, but I'm sure there's positions all over the place. But specifically in Missouri, I am hiring. So if hmm. you would like to work with me, um, please let me know. Uh, we've got a couple of different options.
0: She's boss, babe, yes, queen, slay, Camellia Peterson, joining us here live. Thank you, CJ. We appreciate you very much.
5: Have a great day, everyone.
0: There you go. Send in your applications to Rare Camellia. Ooh, spicy. Can you imagine having such an attractive boss? That would be nice. Send us a text at 573-319-1586. All right. Well, you know that I talk all the time about how more people need to get into martial arts. Not only is it good for you, is is it healthy? It also helps to make you safe. And I've been arguing for years that cops, more than anybody, probably could use a little bit of jujitsu training. And let me show you a video that demonstrates why. Step out!
3: Get out! Get out! Put your hands back here. I ain't doing shit. Put your damn hands back here. Who are you? Staff Sergeant Sheriff's Office. My name is Al Wayne. I don't care. Step to the rear of this vehicle. In the name of... In the name of the law of the state of Georgia, step back here. Now you're getting tased. I'm Watch me now. Put your hands on the back of that truck. Do you what see is he that? doing? Put your hands on the back of that truck. The back of the truck. Both hands. Turn around. 34, can you send me another unit, one non-compliant? This is gonna get bad. Staff Sergeant Aldridge with the Camden County Sheriff's Office. County? Camden County. Put your hand behind your back. Do I have a, do I have a warrant? Wait, wait, no, 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 Excuse me, excuse me. Either put your hands behind your back or you're getting tased. I'm telling you that right now. Why am I getting tased? Because you are under arrest for speeding and reckless driving. I'm not driving. Nobody was hurt. How was I speeding? You passed me doing 100 miles an hour. Okay, so that's a speeding ticket, right? Sir, tickets in the state of Georgia are criminal offenses. I don't have a ticket in Georgia. You do now. Why? You passed me doing oh, 100 sir, miles an hour. And what? am I going. Hands behind your back. Yes, you are going no. to jail. Hands behind your back.
0: This is Put your get hands ugly. behind your back. Oh boy. Learn a little grappling, boys. We we're just working on sweeps and throws last night in karate. Look at this. Got his hands around his neck, choking him. Bringing out the baton. Yeah, Look at bitch.
3: that. Yep, yeah, bitch.
0: weird reason drop it off some cash stay down nice gals men and women and transgender everything it's time for you to step out of your comfort zone and take some self-defense classes how is it that we have these people who are defenders of the law and they're not learning basic grappling techniques learn some throws learn some twists learn some grappling in my opinion, it's time for the police officers around the country to undergo a mandatory training course in jiu-jitsu. It's one of the better self-defense forms for grappling, and I highly recommend it. What do you think? All right, coming up next, Daniela Pensack. She, she wants to weigh in on the conflict between Israel and Hamas. Of course, it's the big news, so we will be covering it with our friend, the lovely Daniela Pensack, when we get back on The Wake Up America Show, wakeupamericashow.com. Good morning, rise in freedom. I'm Austin Peterson and you're watching the Wake Up America show at wakeupamericashow.com. We're glad and grateful to have you here. Click that like button and subscribe to the channel if you enjoy the content that you're watching and we'd love to have you come back and join us every Monday through Friday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time. We keep you up to date on all the news that you can use. Today in 1781, this day in history, George Washington forced a British surrender at Yorktown and proclaimed for all time that America would never have to eat beans on toast for breakfast. That's right. So whatever it is that you eat today, make sure there's got some bacon in it because this is America, baby. Glad to have you here. Don't forget you can send us a text at 573-319-1586. That's right. The text lines are open night or day at 573 319 1586. For those of you who might not be aware, a little behind the scenes stuff, uh, a lot of the graphics and content that I create here for the Wake Up America show, since it's really a show of one, and my wife does help me sometimes too. So, one and a half people here working on the Wake Up America show, producing the content, a lot of it is actually generated helpfully through artificial intelligence. So, when you see our profile pics and the thumbnails and things, A lot of that is generated through image generators that help me to tell the story a lot better. But some people use artificial intelligence for more nefarious reasons, like Hamas. Joining us now to discuss is our regular Thursday guest on the show, all the way from the West Coast, Washington State, where it's a lot earlier there than it is right here. Daniela Pensack, she's a Turning Point USA field coordinator for their high school program. Good morning, Daniela.
4: Good morning, Austin. Thank you for having me.
0: Glad to have you here. So AI can be used for good, but it can also be used for evil.
4: Yep, especially uh, spe- it is especially used for good. We see you, you have you make beautiful art using artificial intelligence, as you have mentioned. Uh, we also see some of the more um, interesting, other more interesting versions of AI are on Twitter. If you ever go through Twitter even once, but um, yes, artificial intelligence is actually used to propagate um, terrorist misinformation. And this was mentioned by FBI Director Christopher Wray recently at a a security panel or summit called the Five Eyes, which is a partnership between the United States and uh, four other nations discussing um, like security threats internationally worldwide. And uh, Christopher Wray had mentioned that we truly are living in unprecedented times as far as terrorist information goes, because AI is being used to proliferate this information to more eyes internationally, and these unnamed terrorist groups. one of which uh, is likely Hamas as well, uh, is using this information, um, to, uh, to spread misinformation. It got to include like how to make a bomb, um, election interference. Uh, I've seen another article mention that they use AI chat bots to spread misinformation as well. And, uh, they are successfully jailbreaking any safeguards that are being placed to prevent this from happening. But, um, and it's it's spreading like wildfire. And what Christopher Ray and the other security panelists have mentioned is that they are actually directing a lot of their attention to China as well, because Chinese hackers are utilizing infra- artificial intelligence to commit acts of data theft. Also,
0: interesting. So the uh, the terror organization Hamas uses artificial intelligence to spread their propaganda, and it's pretty effective, wouldn't you say? I mean, they've managed to. They. I mean, they've managed to. I mean, convince the entire world about these hospital attacks. I mean, some of these videos that we're looking at, for example, some of them could be deep fakes.
4: Oh, exactly. And deep fakes was one of the uh, other main ways that this is being used to promote this. And that's the scary thing is that we truly are living in unprecedented times. We can't differentiate between true information and misinformation. And I think that this Israeli-Palestinian conflict really demonstrates that. Uh, more so than than any other event in history, that we re- like, there has been so much misinformation being spread about this this conflict in just the last uh, few days. What has it been like? Not even a week since this happened, since this started. So, um, and how many how many times have stories changed about you know the the baby beheadings or the hospital bombing? Um, there there there's a lot of issues with not just deep fakes, but I think just uh, this proliferation of information in general.
0: For sure. And just out of curiosity, Daniela, I know that like, you know, reporting and journalism is not necessarily your full time job. You kind of moonlight with us or what do you call it when it's early in the morning uh, for the Wake Up America show. But has has this uh, event, this news event sort of changed the way that you've looked at news when you're reading stories?
4: Um, You could say so. But honestly, I was kind of disenchanted with news uh, for a while now. Because I don't exactly know when, um I don't know, I, I, I'm a pretty skeptical person to begin with, just naturally. So I don't I can't tell you when exactly, like I thought, well, most of it's misinformation. You can't believe reporting like on the onset. Because one of the main issues that I also notice is that like these news agencies, they just want to get the story out there as fast as possible, right? They want to be the, the first one to break the news. And unfortunately, especially with issues like what we see in in, in Gaza and so forth, um, because of that, just alone, I, I don't even I don't want to attribute malice to where it's stupidity, right? So it could just be the case that these news agencies just want to spread the the information first, but what happens is is they get the wrong information and obviously you know it gets spread and everyone has the wrong idea. So um, but you know obviously with Hamas and other terrorist groups and the utilization of artificial intelligence now to promote terrorist propaganda, um, there is malice being involved beyond just stupidity and and that you know when you have stupidity and malice together well, that creates uh, a little bit of a toxic combination.
0: For sure. If you're just tuning in to the Wake Up America show, good morning, glad to have you here. Click that like button and subscribe to the channel. I'm speaking to Daniela Pensack. She's a Turning Point USA field coordinator. She joins us every Thursday at this time at 8.30 a.m. Central Time to report on the latest news that we can use. Now, you sent me another article from the New York Post. This was from the, uh, looks like Joe Biden is going to be giving an address to the nation tonight. Is that correct?
4: Yes, he is. He's going to be giving an address to the nation about the israeli palestinian conflict, about some of the decisions.
0: like Daniela might have frozen up there. You know what it is? It's the terrorists. Well, we can't let the terrorists win, can we? We're going to have to try and get her back on that. Sometimes we do get a little bit of, uh, of a challenge there. Let's see if I can go back and send her a message and just let her know that all she's got to do is click on that uh, Zoom link again and come back in. She should be able to join us here. So let me just... Go ahead and tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go ahead and set up a new link for her, send it over, and then hopefully we'll be able to get her back in there. Sorry about that, guys. Things like that do happen in real time. And since I am the producer as well, here's a new link. Da-da, cha. So we'll get her back on that one. Uh, so uh, maybe this is a good time, a good opportunity for me to tell you that you should visit APForLibertyShop.com while we get Daniela back on the show. I'm really trying to get people to um, sign up to become subscribers to the coffee club. If you've been drinking Founding Flavors coffee and you do like it, I'd like to ask you to become a subscriber to the coffee club. And the, uh, the way to do that is when you go over there, you can order it. You can actually order it every, on every two-week delivery, uh, every month delivery, every two-month delivery, or every 3 months delivery. So if you, are a co- if you enjoy our coffee and you'd like to have it on the regs, I know some people are always like, oh, I'm running out, I'm running out. Never have to worry about running out, and it's a great way to ensure that you have a ready supply of gifts for all the holiday parties that you're going to be going to, right? So if you're going to holiday parties and you want to go over to somebody's house and you're thinking, well, what's a great gift? Well, here's something unique and original. Everybody loves coffee. How about a bag of Founding Flavors coffee? And if you're a subscriber to it, then you'll start to build up some in case you don't drink it all. But I know you're going to love it and you're going to drink it all. So head to ap4libertyshop.com. That's AP, the number 4. AP4LibertyShop.com and get yourself a delicious bag of Founding Flavors Coffee. All right. And if this if that didn't convince you, then maybe this will. You
2: have to force.
0: All right. Welcome back to the Wake Up America Show. Sorry about that. The internet sometimes does give us those little technical glitches. But Daniela Pensack, who is our regular Thursday guest, turning point USA field coordinator for their high school program, joining us live right now. Hey, how you doing there, Daniela? You okay? You look like you had a little stroke.
4: No, I'm fine. i um I like to think that was a terrorist attack because I'm spreading so much truth on this platform today.
0: <laughs> Speaking of a terrorist attack,, uh, yesterday, you sent me the story about the hospital uh, bombing in uh, Gaza, which turned out to be one of the biggest one of the biggest screw ups by the media, not only the mainstream media, but the alternative media as well, wasn't it? What's your take on it?
4: Yeah, and that's what I was trying to talk about uh, previously before I was so. Um, Rudely interrupted by the terrorist attacks already here done to this morning, um, on this show is that they uh, there was a lot of misinformation spread about the bombing that happened in the um, in the hospital in Gaza, which you know as many of us know, I'm sure a lot of people know already. But the mainstream media said took in this inform this terrorist information from Hamas and they said that Israel did it. They launched a rocket into um, the well, it exploded in the hospital parking lot, and they said like what uh, several hundred people died which that it doesn't now it doesn't appear that's the number at all um and it also turns out that it was likely Hamas that did it um uh, they were t- testing bombing and i think this was um done by accident and uh there are likely lethal damages done but it's not in the hundreds like they originally had mentioned and so um that's just one of the examples that i that i was talking about all this all this misinformation that's being spread and um even by mainstream media you know against one of against the Israel. So it really makes you think, you know, what their agenda is here um, and why why they're jumping to these conclusions.
0: No kidding. I mean, we've um, talked a little bit before this segment about how terrible the um, the atrocities are that are coming out. And the, people do need to be careful about the information that they're spreading, because some of it could be very easily fake. Some of it could be deep fake and just some of it could just be highly produced. Um however of course people are going to jump all over stories like these in order to fit their narrative and the probably the most egregious example that we saw was Rashida Tlaib, who led a protest in the Capitol yesterday spreading the lie and still has her tweet up that says that the Israelis bombed a hospital it's fairly disgusting wouldn't you agree
4: Yeah and you know that's the issue with this conflict that it really draws partisan lines well I, honestly any conflict now um you see a really strong partisan divide and partisan lines here, uh, taking sides. But uh, people place partisan politics above true information and above like objective information. That's the real issue here: uh, is that people are utilizing this tragedy, this conflict, to really push their own agenda and their own narrative. And um, you know, it really shows. And I think it's good to take note about who is doing this, like people like Rashida Talib. And so I think it's good to keep note on on who's utilizing this. We're seeing a lot of people on the right, more so the far right, like you've mentioned previously, that are also utilizing this conflict just to uh reconfirm their, their Jew hate. So um yeah, it'll be really you think, interesting. You think moving... that's
0: part of it. You think that the, oh. the ramp the anti Semitism is a part of it.
4: Uh I, well with figures on the far right, uh yes, absolutely I think as it's as rather you've obvious noticed this as well. <laughs> yeah. Because they... some
0: people some people seem to think that I'm just uh that I'm being hyperbolic when I call some of them Nazis.
4: No. Um, people on the far right, especially if you like frequent Twitter Twitter as much as I or you do. Um, and if you're familiar with some of these figures, you will see like, you know, one minute these people, they uh, they hate everything about Arab culture or like, um, or Muslim or Islam or Muslims or Islam and Islam culture. But on the other hand, when it comes to um, when, it, when it affects Israel directly, then they're all of a sudden for, you know, on the side of the Palestinians. So, um, yeah, no, I think it's rather obvious what's going on here these people don't care about palestine come on you think you think gripers or far-right people really care about pal- the no, palestine no. come on did
0: you didn't but all of to... a sudden they do you didn't happen to <laughs> catch any of my debate with that keith woods guy the other day did you
4: no i was listening to you mention it this morning and i i think I'm, i want to look it up and watch it though
0: go back and watch it it's it's i only it's only an hour these days i i keep all my podcast stuff to like an hour or less but um the, this conversation was hilarious because, uh, like I said earlier, like on Columbus Day, they're all posting these trad-cath memes uh, with traditional Catholic, for those of you who don't aren't in on the internet culture, who aren't perpetually online like Danielle and I. Uh, but they were posting all these trad-cath memes about how the human sacrifices of the Aztecs and the Mayans will stop. And they were posting themselves as these chads showing the conquistadors you know, taking over South America and putting an end to their barbaric ways. Yeah. So when I so when I take that same tack for the Israelis versus the barbaric Palestinian terrorists, all of a sudden it's like, no, they're in an open air prison. This is colonizers. It's amazing how quickly the Nazis sound like Rashida Tlaib whenever you're trying to use their own arguments when it comes to defending the Jews, isn't it?
4: Yeah, exactly. And I think it's quite indicative of how strongly they stand on their principles. I mean, they're going to flip-flop whatever it takes. The only principle with some of these people, not all of them, but with some of them, the only principle that they really stand firm on is their, uh, I hate to say it, but their anti-Semitism in this case. And so I think this palace, this conflict um, really shows that. And I think it's rather obvious with what, with what figures um, that are on the side of Palestine when ordinarily they wouldn't they wouldn't care one way or the other about it but all of a sudden they do and they're advocates for it I think it's rather obvious why they do it you know um these are like people who these are guys who live in the midwest who save their money just to go to Fuentes rallies they don't really care I don't think much about international conflict overseas (laughs)
0: they saved their mcdonald's money (laughs) Uh, to go to fuentes rallies that's hilarious if you're just tuning into the wake up america show i'm your host austin peterson we're glad and grateful to have you here click that like button and subscribe to the channel let us know that you enjoy the show we'd be glad to have you come back and join us every monday through friday from 7 to 9 a.m central time now on the opposite side of that of course the neocons the actual warmongers the actual bloodthirsty warmongers on the right who are vying for power, desperate to try and take out Donald Trump, now trying to coalesce behind Nikki Haley or trying to get Ron DeSantis in there, which, just as a side note, we haven't seen or heard Ron DeSantis saying things like, we should send troops to the Middle East or American dollars to the Middle East, have we? I I haven't heard no. him or seen him articulate his foreign policy in such a way Have you?
4: Uh, no, um, I mean he was pretty strongly against sending any aid to Ukraine in the Ukrainian-Russian conflict. So I would, I would doubt that he would be doing the same thing for this.
0: I would not actually. I would, I would be, I would actually be a little surprised if I heard Ron DeSantis come out and uh, agree with Vivek Ramaswamy, who came out and says that we should support Israel diplomatically and morally, but he never said financially or militarily. And as much as I like Ben Shapiro and agree with him on a great many things, I imagine that he and uh, and many other neoconservatives probably think that it's in America's best interest to be sending boots on the ground o- over there to p- potentially get involved in another conflict. It's definitely concerning. What about you?
4: Yeah, no, that's a really good point. I've noticed that during the Ukrainian-Russian conflict, Ben Shapiro... Um... Kind of treaded lightly on the anti send any aid to ukraine deal <laughs> i noticed that because of obvious reasons so when this happened i, th- I wasn't surprised at all why he took this stance and yeah we are seeing like this major split in the mainstream right as well um between like the warmongering neocons like you had mentioned and other people on the right that have a little bit more common sense on this because look i mean these these conflicts are expensive and if and if we are going to send any aid, I mean there at least has to be major oversight about where this money is being spent.
0: No, for sure. I agree with you, Daniela Pensack. Daniela, is there is there anything else that's been on your mind on this conflict or this this story that you'd like to share with our listeners? I'm gonna give you the chance to take the floor for your your final uh, part of your segment here. Um, is there any any topic or anything that you'd just like to share that get off your chest on this that you'd like to weigh in on?
4: Get off my chest. um well, i I, I just want to say that, you know, in in line with what I've been saying, to really be skeptical about what you see in the media, especially in social media, um but also mainstream media as well, about this conflict. um, I, I'm sure a lot of us have come across a lot of videos on Twitter or in telegram um that uh, you know, whether that's from Hamas or, or Israel, that turn out to be false later on. um there was wasn't there also like a video of a guy like holding a doll and they were supposed to pose as like a dead child? Uh, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of crazy stuff happening here. And even though, you know, this conflict is tragic, it's still very much political. So we have to be aware of what we consume online um, and on the television. So just be aware of that. And um, there are a lot of people on social media that also really are, you know, they're independent investigators and they really do want inform- true information. And I think it's good to, to consume that media but also take it with a grain of salt um so that's all i'm going to say about that but you know otherwise before i get off just uh follow me on twitter it's at pensac daniela if you want more of my postings
0: there you go pensac daniela on twitter daniela thanks for getting up so early and being so generous with your time this morning sorry about that terror attack earlier that uh, that's
4: okay <laughs> us
0: down. have a wonderful <laughs> day right. daniela we'll, yeah, we'll look forward too. to seeing you again next thursday
4: yep thank you there you what go what do you think
0: daniela pensac Click that like button and subscribe to the channel. That way, you get to see Daniela every week here on the Wake Up America show. We'd love to have you come back and join us again. Um, some final thoughts on this story. <clears throat> you know, I said this a little bit earlier, but I think it kind of bears repeating. It does feel good uh, to be proven right in some ways. In some ways, right when karma comes around, there was an instance of something that occurred. Maybe I didn't say this on the show earlier, but last night, you know, my wife turned to me when we. Coming home from karate. And she says, Today was your day of karma, Austin. That uh, for the last two weeks, I've been suffering blistering attacks from many of my own people in the liberty movement. Uh, You know, of course, you've got people on the side of Hamas and the Palestinians who don't agree with my views that Israel has a right to self defense and to do what is necessary to secure uh, the security of their people. And of course, People don't like that I'm calling out national socialists for what they are, fucking Nazis. Uh, and that's that's going to be part of it. Now, do I have thick skin? Absolutely. Can I take these kinds of attacks? Sure. I've taken much worse. The And certainly, you know, there is a sort of, a, I guess, a ha-ha moment that you might have when you see the people who have been attacking you uh, have proven to, you know, blow themselves up in a suicide bomb of their own making by being unable to think critically about issues and news as they arise in order to suit their agenda in order to confirm their biases but i hope more than anything more than just the feeling of myself being proven right over the last couple of weeks over and over again in my views and news and opinions of this but that i hope that it actually leads to some true critical self-reflection of people who claim to believe in the principles of liberty, of why it is that we believe what we believe, why we act the way that we act, and what is it, how is it that our principles, how will our principles meet, how do I say this, I'm trying to be, our principles should be able to survive contact with the real world. And if they don't survive contact with the real world, then we might want to consider why we believe these principles in the first place. Libertarianism is not a religion, it's a non systematic view of a belief in the natural rights of the individual. It is an individualist philosophy that protects, preserves, and defends the principles of property rights. And the foundational principle of libertarianism is not some pacifist non aggression principle. Which is in it, in and of itself parasitic on a definition of property rights. For if there is a principle of non-aggression, then one must ask the question of what is being aggressed against? I believe that pacifist anarchism has taken over the libertarian movement and contributed significantly to the retardation of the libertarian movement in an attempt, a a an attempt of non-interventionism, which has truly become an isolationism. And uh, has led one to become not critical or objectively look at the world, but to take a very narrow, very subjective view of uh, world events. It it has become a blame America first movement. It has become uh, a movement that provides aid, support, and succor to the enemies of the United States, the enemies of libertarianism, uh, and, and has created, spawned a movement largely of useful idiots for those. Who would defend, who would destroy what we believe in, for those who believe in collectivist ideologies, for those who are opposed to the very principles that many of these useful idiots uh, claim to be defending. We have outsourced our thinking on foreign policy and we have uh, replaced critical thinking with dogma. There is no Bible of libertarianism, there is no one true way. And though Judge Napolitano and I are quite frequent, uh, frequently we love to use the term true north, there is no true libertarian. There are no true libertarians. You're not a real libertarian. And I'm not a real libertarian. Because if we can't even define it amongst ourselves, then does it even truly exist? Sorry to get so dark there at the very end. Is there a true libertarian? Of course. It's me. (laughs) (laughs) I I would like like to implore you today to become a subscriber to the AP for Liberty Shops coffee program. You should order our coffee as often as possible. But if you don't want to have to think about it, remind yourself whenever you start running low, why not just set yourself for a subscription? I'd love it if today is the day. You had to ap4libertyshop.com and buy yourself some delicious coffee. If you haven't done it yet, my recommendation is my favorite, Thomas's Painkiller Coffee. I'm going to order myself some here pretty soon. I probably need to go ahead and take my own advice, set myself up with a subscription for it. Delicious Thomas's Painkiller is a Colombian single origin, but I also really love my favorite. My second favorite, I think, is Jeffersonian Java. That's the light roast, so it's got a lot of caffeine. You would think darker roast would have more caffeine, but it's actually the opposite. If you're a caffeine addict like myself try the jeffersonian java but here's what i say you should do try them all pick which one that you like go to the bulk order page we've got a bulk order page there on the coffee page try one of each you got to select whether you want whole bean or whether you want grounds and then once you have tried them all then set up for the ones that you really like on a either two week basis month basis two base two months three months or what have you and if you're thinking to yourself oh i'll have more coffee that i can use like I said, remember, it's the holidays, right? So it's a great gift. You go to somebody's party, you go to a Halloween party. Hey, did you bring a gift? Yeah, here you go. You want to be the classiest person at the party? Of course you do. So everybody else is going to bring a bottle of wine. They stopped at the store and they got a bottle of wine. You can get a, get that anywhere. You can't get this anywhere else. Head to AP4LibertyShop.com. Try some delicious founding flavors. Tomorrow's Friday, which means Freedom Family Friday. The lovely Stephanie Peterson will be joining us in the studio. We're going to try and lighten things up a little bit. Have a little bit more fun tomorrow. We'll see you there on the Wake Up America show at WakeUpAmericaShow.com.